What is up, y'all? Welcome to another God Known Podcast. I am your host, Daniel, and so is the co-host, Jody. So we hope y'all are having a good day. Today, I actually went jogging for the first time in a while, and it was good and exhilarating and a rush and tiring. So I was like, I'm just going to record in my jogging clothes, because um, honestly, I feel like we see so many podcasts, and they're just like this and that, and we don't care about the glitz and glam. We want today and every podcast we do to invite you into a deeper walk with Jesus. And so that's actually part of what we're going to be talking about today, which is the costly gospel. Mm-hmm. So it's awesome. So grab your Bibles if you want. Um, we're going to go into a couple scriptures and then we're just going to talk and we're really going to get into the meat of this this morning. Um, I really feel, and as I was uh, jogging today, it was God just highlighted a couple things to me that we're going to talk about. One, he really just hit home with me deep in my heart to where like, you know, too often we say this very twisted and misunderstood thing. Salvation is a free gift. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Now I know what you're thinking right away. You're like, well, no, hold on brother. Like, no, I know that we are saved by grace through faith alone not of works that any man should boast. But the Lord, as I was running and jogging home today, he said, Daniel, my salvation is not free. And I was like, Lord, I, I know this in part, but like, what are you trying to say? Because whenever he speaks, he doesn't need me to give him like feedback. <laughs> and um, he just said, Daniel, has it not cost you? Has your salvation, have you saying yes to me not cost you anything? Has it been a benefit and a surplus and a just increase of every way of your life ever since? I'm like, no, it's been actually quite costly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then we were like <clears throat> talking and I was going to share and we'll share a couple of the scripture verses that we have for y'all today, right? But like, it was really interesting in my heart. And he's like, and Daniel, you have no need to tell them the verse and chapter with all the stuff that you share. And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, I want them to be able to look it up they'll look it up and you know too often we do that in church right the pastor will read from a passage and he pulls out the chapter in the verse i'd almost encourage pastors not to do that make them fumble for it make them look for it no make them actually go i don't know where this is and i'm gonna have to google this verse and find it so they actually get it into their mind what the verse is and they go after it when jesus came and read the scroll of isaiah He didn't get up there and go, this is the scroll of Isaiah, chapter 5. He read from the scroll of Isaiah, and that's all they knew. But they knew Isaiah. So when they read, when he read, they knew where he was reading from. Mm -hmm. And too often, we we are literally feeding people bread instead of giving them crumbs to have them hungry to get to the main meal. Mm -hmm. Um, And so really want to, as we go through scriptures today, believe me, um, I, I don't say this like in boasting, but those who know me, I know scripture and I am going to probably scripture vomit a lot today, (laughs) but just know you can always DM us. You can always message me or Jody and ask me, Hey, you know, scripture and verse and Google, you know, also will help as well. So it's so interesting that you said that because I was literally thinking as we were sitting here, like the various scriptures that run through my mind just on this topic alone and Mm -hmm. thinking, Oh, I should just write down, um, write down all the verses so that I can pinpoint it. But the thing is, is like, as you get into the word and you grow in that, the scripture is written on your heart yes. and out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And so mm-hmm. that is just a cool affirmation. Um, mm-hmm. So I, yeah. 
I've, I've done that a lot and I've had some people on Instagram and I, I, I no disrespect, but I've had some of my followers on Instagram. What's the chapter and verse? Make sure you share that with the people so they can find it. I'm like, they got Google, like <laughs> study to show yourself approved. <laughs> and, and so it's, don't get me wrong. Like I want to, I want to help lead you there. That's what making disciples is. But I was telling a friend about this last night. Like I want you to get hunger for Jesus. That's the whole purpose of God known is to be known by God, make him known and know the days in which we're living. If I'm not making a podcast that isn't getting you hungrier for Jesus, where you might even stop watching the podcast because you're just like, man, I got Jesus more than I've ever had before and I don't need the podcast anymore. Cool. See you later. I really don't care. So you want to increase everybody's metabolism. Yeah. Spir- spiritual spiritual metabolism. metabolism. <laughs> and I mean, you know, like... I was thinking about that today too, just like, cause, um, you know, like there's somebody, um, my wife did something and somebody's going to start sending my email possibly to church leadership. And then I have somebody else that's, you know, putting a letter of recommendation together for churches. And I've never been in churches, but I feel like the Lord has told me in this season, he's going to start sending me out to churches and I'm like, praise God. But the thing is at the end of the day, I don't get treasures and rewards. Our pastor was talking about this last week. I don't get treasures and rewards because I have a microphone and I'm able to preach from a pulpit. I don't get a crown because I made it there. If you never make it there, you won't get a crown. That's not it. If you're obedient to Jesus, if your life is laid down and if you love him and you're living for him, you might have more crowns and rewards in heaven someday than some of these people that have traveled the world and preached all over the place. It's not about what you do. It's about who you do it for and why you're doing it. And that is important. So before I just go off and start rambling, let me get into this scripture. And then me and my wife are going to discuss it with y'all for a little while. And um, and we're just going to talk out what the Holy Spirit um, wants to say. So we are going to give you chapter and verse. Go to Matthew 16 if you have your Bibles. You can even pause this podcast real quick. Go to Matthew 16, and we're going to start in verse 24. This is right after Jesus predicts his death. So it's interesting because he tells the people, look, I'm going to die. I love how it says it actually in my thing. It's a highlighted. Jesus predicts his death. He didn't predict his death. He knew he was dying. Like he knew from the very beginning. But then, because he's speaking to them, I'm going to suffer and die. Here's what happens if you're going to follow me. And he says to them this in verse 24, we pick up. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses it for my sake will find it for my sake. For what profit is it for a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with angels, and he will reward each one according to his works. And I want to say this today, because I've been kind of hitting this this week a little bit on my, my lives on Instagram and different stuff too as well. Judge nothing, Second Peter, I believe. Judge nothing until the Lord comes and he will reward each one according to his works. And I love this because he's actually expounding on what Jesus said right here. And the Father will come with his angels and he will reward each one according to their works. I was actually, I want to say this real quick, I was actually driving or walking past the, the gas station in Brentwood today as I was uh, taking a break from jogging because, man, I love running and 
rainbow colored wrap Lamborghini, Shelby GT500 baby blue, my favorite sports car ever probably now is the Audi R8 that was there, there was a Ferrari, there was like two Porsches, and I was just getting done singing the Son of Suffering, and I wasn't saying this of judgment, okay, but they're all like, whoa, yeah, and people are like, uh, at the gas station taking photos and they're all just amazed and I go into the gas station which is a fairly decent sized gas station and there's a couple customers in there and the workers behind the counter three or four of them are standing there all looking out the windows at these cars their focus is on these vehicles and we're talking probably at that point there's probably a couple million dollars worth of vehicles sitting there in the gas station yeah it's just indicative of the area that yeah. we live in yep yeah and I literally, all of a sudden, it was just like this. I said, isn't it amazing? I Someday, all those cars are going to melt down into nothing. And the only thing that'll matter is how much you love Jesus. And I went to the bathroom, went to leave, and walked outside as I was leaving. The lady's like, you have a good day. Be safe. I said, oh, I got the Holy Spirit living in me. I said, there's no greater way to be safe than that. And she was like, amen. But, like, whoever wants to save his life must lose it for my sake and so um it's just really important i think of a conversation i had last summer with a girl really cared about came into a place i was working at and she's like why well, I, I have my dreams and goals and like god wants me to to pursue my dreams i was like oh you're cute i said that's so cute and i didn't mean it like that i was not hitting on her but i was like oh you're cute i was like no god doesn't want you to pursue your dreams god wants you to follow him God wants you to take up your cross and in doing so you will find the dream of your heart and your soul and spirit that you never knew you could have. Mm -hmm. See, your flesh has dreams, hopes, and ambitions and your soul has them as well. You might never even known that or even have heard of or felt the dream of your spirit. But your spirits have dreams and desires and hopes in God and you'll never find them if you don't get into the secret place. Because it's in that place that God rewards you openly. And the greatest way, the greatest way you can be rewarded openly is that when you go into the secret place and you seek God and out in public, you get the honor and the privilege to manifest the glory of God to people around you and they get to see Jesus. There's no greater honor than that. Yeah, I mean, I think about this too and even marriage vows. You know, it's like, okay, we're getting ready to be married. Now, we are, we're going on 14 years of marriage. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, our hearts were all a flutter, and we were really excited. Yeah. Um, and rightly so. Marriage is exciting. Yeah. And um, it fulfills a lot of uh, the desires of the heart, you know, companionship and, like, long-term. <laughs> yeah. Long-term companionship and... Um, inevitably children and just kind of the, the dreams, like you said, yeah. that come to pass. But we say our marriage vows and it's, they're really easy to say. Yeah. In sickness and in health. Till death do us part. You know, yeah, for richer or for poorer. For better or worse. For better or worse. Till death do us part. And, you know, we go through marriage and experience highs and lows. Thankfully, we have not had sickness, not a, you know, nothing yeah. significant. Yeah. Um, but we have had richer days and we've had poorer days. We've yeah. had. <laughs> Come on, baby. And, uh, 
good and we've had bad and everything in between. And, you know, I would say that marriage has cost us. It has cost us both. Yeah. Right. And yet we grow in this unity with each other. And as we have worked through a lot of different things, we have become one. And initially we just weren't. No. But um, all that to say is like our yes to Jesus isn't just a ring on our finger like it's it's a lifelong commitment mm-hmm. for in sickness and in health for yeah. better or worse you know for richer and poorer and like there's so much that god has to teach us and we have to get into the word to know what we're supposed to even be doing yeah um and so it's so interesting what you said i haven't heard it like that the dreams of the flesh versus the dreams yeah of the spirit you know, I had a lot of ambitions when I was young and raised in the church, but I knew nothing of seeking God for what he actually wanted to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet his hand of blessing was on me in the things that I wanted to do, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. But the longer I've been with the Lord, the less of those things I've done. Girls play video games with me now, right? Yeah. I never thought I'd play Fortnite, right? Correct. They liked Fortnite. I started playing Fortnite with them. Now, there are things that the girls have done for years that I just really wasn't into, but I've tried to come alongside them and love on them and be there with them and do those with them, right? Mm-hmm. They're not things that I would have done with them, but it's things they they liked and took up interest in that I actually never really had done. And I'm like, I'm going to do this because my girls, I love them. Yeah. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to play this with them. And now they're taking on some of my interest, and some of my interests are their interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the Holy Spirit. I mean, it was just like last night was really interesting, and it, it was funny. I think we talked about this the, the first episode, but like, I, you know, people sometimes quite often, y'all, they're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. You should write that down. You should know. Came out of me. Holy Spirit can bring it back again if he wants to. And it was funny because last night we're talking with a good friend that we got to go out to dinner with, which is really cool. This week, God has just shown us in the midst of us, we've lost so much financially and so much with family and, and all that stuff. But this week just, I mean, it was all, it was all in one day pretty much. Like we just, we had, and we just, it's a testimony of God's goodness. We have not been sowing greatly into the kingdom. We've been given what we can. But yesterday, I mean, we had somebody drop off a gift card in our mail. We had somebody bless us with a couple hundred dollars. We had another person bless us with a couple hundred dollars out of the blue. It was just blessing, blessing, blessing. And I'm not saying that to boast. What I'm saying that is we're in a season where we are like dependent on God. Mm-hmm. We are both working hard. We are cutting corners and we're still losing financially And we're giving what we can and blessing others. So don't get into that with me of like, man, if you sow a thousand dollars, brother, the Lord is going to zip it. Mm -hmm. The Lord is going to take care of what I need every single day. Not because I do anything good, but because he is good. And therefore it gives me the grace and desire to follow him. Um, But, Mm -hmm. but last night I was talking with him and we were talking about that sign we have. I made my wife a sign upstairs. You can grow Mm -hmm. In garden, you can grow seeds or you can grow weeds. Take every thought captive. Your mind is a garden. Your thoughts are the seeds. You can grow flowers or you can grow weeds. Yep. Yeah. It's a sign that I saw on Pinterest years ago and I showed it to you. And then you went and made it for me. Yeah. Which was great. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, but it was interesting in that 
I walk outside with my friend last night, and it was just Holy Spirit. And it was funny, like, two seconds later, me and him had to stumble over what I said, because it was already gone. I'm like, um... But, but I remember it today, though, now. There are three people speaking to you. There's the devil. It's gotta go. Period. There's no discussion, no entertaining, no reason to think through it. And if you know it's not your thoughts, it's gotta go. I don't care even if it's... A, it's not that harmful. I don't care. It's the thought of the enemy. It's gotta get out of your head. There's your thoughts... And you need to take those thoughts captive and question, is that a thought that's pleasing and honoring to the Lord? Or is it a thought that's going to harm and bring defamation to your life or the life of God? That's got to go. And then there's the thoughts of God that come into you. And they're never bad. Like his words are spirit and life. So when they come in, there's a good purpose to them. And those are things that you take into the secret place and pray into and seek the Lord on and go over. I had a dream last night about somebody was just wild. I've never had a dream about this person before in my life. Um, and I was like, huh, this is crazy. And I don't know what it meant. And so I texted my friend who's a mutual friend of that person or of a friend of that person. It might mean nothing, but it might mean something, but I won't know if I keep it to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that's important that we take our thoughts captive. That's important that we take up our cross. I was saying at the beginning of this, and I just want to touch briefly on this again as we come full circle and talk about marriage and for better or worse. The gospel, salvation is a free gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I get the scripture, but let me ask you, and you can respond in comments and, you know, on the channel or the podcast or whatever, or you can reach out to us if you have, you know, discussion about this, but let me ask anybody, any one of you who have truly followed Jesus and given up your life for Jesus. Tell me there hasn't been any loss whatsoever that you suffered. If you haven't, I'd be concerned. Because the gospel I read, anybody who wants to follow must deny themselves and take up their cross. And the Bible speaks about this in Philippians and Peter and in so many scriptures. Not only to you has it been granted the right to believe, but also to suffer for his namesake. If they reject you, they first rejected me. Woe, in the Beatitudes of Luke, woe to you when all men speak well of you. So did their fathers of the false prophets. And I'm not saying it's wrong when you get words of affirmation or people are speaking honorably towards you. But as I started running today, and I was telling you this, babe, God spoke to me. He said, Daniel, today people honor me. And they glorify Christians. We are supposed to honor all men. And we are supposed to glory in God alone. And today too many people are glorifying Christian leaders and Christian artists and stuff like that. And we're giving Jesus honor. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. His his heart, his life, everything about Jesus, we are supposed to be just obsessed with him. There's so many Swifty fans today. There's so many Beyonce fans today. Beyonce's first country woman recording. It's cool. That's awesome. Praise. Praise the world. Not God. Praise the world for what the world's accomplishing. But at the end of the day, like, where is our focus? Who are we glorying in? Who are we worshiping in? I can walk up to anybody today in the Christian faith. I don't care how big they are. I'd walk up to them and I would say it with love and sincerity. You don't impress me. Sorry, you don't. Like, you don't. Like, what impresses me is a heart that's laid down for Jesus. Yeah. You know, the, the passage in Luke, uh, kind of the, the flip side of the coin, 
or uh, mirrors what you read in Matthew. Um, so this is in Luke 14, starting in 25. If you don't mind, I'll read yeah. there. Yeah. Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest, after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with ten thousand to meet him who comes against him with twenty thousand? Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegate, or sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Um, these are really strong words, and I think Very. I think even in our journey of um, our yes in obedience has taught me like I have have not lived a life that says yes I'll forsake all for Jesus mm -hmm. um, and I just wonder sometimes like why it's not discussed more on the public platform um, like of course there's always an invitation and everybody should say yes to Jesus he's right. worth saying yes to but um, why isn't there like a warning? <laughs> Does that make sense? Like if you come to Jesus, yes, a free gift, but there's a lot that you need to lay down. I mean, you're laying down your entire life. I have a new minivan for free. Would you like it for free? Free minivan for you. Sure. What's your first thought in the reaction though? What's the catch? That's what everybody's thought is, is it not? Hey man, how would you like a month's subscription to... What's the catch? <laughs> hey bro, you want two tickets to the Taylor Swift concert? What's the catch? Mm -hmm. It's the first thing we think of. Everybody goes there. No, that's... it's. You don't get nothing for free. That's too good to be true. Well, yeah. You'll get the van for free. You need to fill up the gas. You got to get car insurance. You got to get tags on it. You got to pay for, you know, this, that, and the other. Tax title and registration. It's not free. I'm giving it to you for free, but there's a responsibility now of stewardship and ownership. We have given, been given the free gift of salvation. That comes with a hefty price tag, according to Jesus. And it's very interesting coming off the back of the Super Bowl, too, with the whole God didn't teach hate. Or Jesus didn't teach hate. Well. He says to hate your life. Oh, you know, I was that's what I was doing while you were reading. I was looking yeah. it up in the Greek. It's missio. Missio in the Greek. You know what the outline of biblical uses, usage and the primary use in the blue letter Bible. Do you know what the, the word missio means? To hate. Pursue with hatred. Detest. To be hated. 
detested. Okay, and so what it actually means, it says by extension to love less. Okay, so it's not saying to hate your family. Do not believe, do not go around saying Daniel and Jody told us to hate our parents. No. But you love less. And so what that really means is like for Jody, like if she's like, you know, hey, I want you to do this. And God's like, I want you to do this. And I know it's clearly hearing from God. God's not going to violate his word. So God's not like, Daniel, I want you to go marry another woman. She's a better woman for you. And you will have kids because she's younger. Yes, Lord. I just, I knew it was the Lord. No, no, no. Uh, Bible, word of God. That's actually adultery. I'm deceived, very deceived. And, and so there's a difference between that and like, Daniel, I want you to take a season off of work. And I want you to trust me for your daily finances. And I want you to start going around your neighborhood and taking care of people's front lawns for free. And my wife goes, that's crazy. You're not doing that. Well, first of all, that's wrong because I'm going to do what the Lord leads me to do. There's nothing in scripture that tells me not to do that, right? But so, you are to provide for your family. I am to provide for my family. But if the Lord tells me he's going to provide, I step out in faith and a week later nothing happens. Guess what happens? I'm going back to work, right? But I step out in faith and start doing this. And two days in, somebody comes out and goes, man, you don't have to do this for me. Man, I just want to bless you then. Here, here's $5,000. Holy moly. Well, that'll be more than enough to cover me for a couple months, right? I'm going to keep doing it. And, and, and you never know why. And you don't do it because of the money. You don't do it because of, you do obedience because he's worthy of it. Mm -hmm. But the counting the cost of discipleship and hating, you know, this and that. It's really interesting because the verse you're reading, if you go back right before that, he talks about what? Uh, it's the parable of the Great Supper. He's inviting people to come dine with him. I don't got time. I just got married. I don't got time. Mm -hmm. I just got some new oxen. I don't got time. I just bought some land. I don't got time. I'm going on a vacation with my family. And it's very interesting to me that Jesus did teach hate, but all the more Jesus gets us. No, that's actually heresy. Jesus, you'll never find in the Gospels at all where he didn't reach out to a people and he didn't go, hey, I love you. Hey, freely come. Hey, freely drink of the water of life. Hey, my life is laid down. I give my life for you now. You come after me, here's the cost. There's a requirement. There's this. Oh, why are you coming after me? Because you're just hungry again. You just want food. Why are you Why are you working for food that's going to perish? Mm -hmm. You should work after food for eternal life. And you know, and so these are the things that Jesus spoke to the people that quite often is left out. And you asked why. It's because it's not actually going to help. And this is part of the problem of the corporate church that we talked about. Where it's not going to help build a church. It's not going to help build a ministry. It's not going to help bring people in. If you can't give me a reassurance that my Jesus isn't going to bless me, give me a good life, and, and, and comfort me and my family, then I don't want to follow Jesus or Christianity. Yeah, but we're supposed to make disciples. Mm -hmm. And so I think the question is, what are we building then? Like, we... The church needs to be making disciples. Yeah. And who are his disciples? Like, we're to lay, lay our lives down. And I think there's, um, there's a great gap. And, I mean, just for us in this last year and a half, and maybe that's been part of our pilgrimage. And I don't mean to speak like, okay, because we've experienced this, now we need to just tell everybody to go through 
great hardships. Right. But our our yes has taught me a lot in terms of uh, what it means to really trust the Lord. Like when He is the only option. Yeah. Trusting <laughs> trusting Him is the only option. Yeah. And yes, like Dan said, we are both working. We're both working really hard. It's just this has been costly for us. And I have I have wrestled this a lot um, because and like I said I hadn't thought of it that way of like the dreams of my flesh versus the dreams of my spirit. Yeah. Uh, but um, there's a lovely woman who has mentored me. Her name's Lisa, and um, I just talked to her one time, kind of in a <laughs> feeling like I'm dying, right? Yeah. <laughs> You were. <laughs> you are. Dying. Praise God. Dying. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Supposed to die, but it's painful. <laughs> but just telling her, like, I don't understand. Like, how could, how could this be recommended to anybody? Mm-hmm. To say yes and lose all. Like, how, how could that be recommended? Mm-hmm. And she has said something to the effect of. When you trust on God and you bank on him, that there's way more security than in that than anything in your bank account. Mm-hmm. And when you can bank on Jesus. But yeah, it's it's definitely a war of the flesh mm-hmm. versus the spirit. And I think when we hear such a message of it's all about the blessings, and there are. Right. There are blessings. Yep. But we don't discuss the cost. Mm-hmm. I think that's dangerous and it's very misleading. Yeah, and I think some of them have paid the cost. Like I, I mean, I believe that our pastors of our church have paid the cost, right? And, and but they don't talk about that as much. Which but I the think... global church, like if if everybody that's committed to Christ is yeah. a disciple, like where's where's the global death? Yeah. But not everybody's committed to the Lord. But they think they are. And isn't that dangerous? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus said many will be deceived. He said, take heed that no one deceives you. You know, I mean, many will be deceived. I mean, that's the first message we talked about in this podcast, y'all. And that's something that I will hit home on again and 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 again. Many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not? Yep, you did. Yep, you did. Depart from me. I never knew you. And, and it's very it's very scary because John 15, 16, and 17, if you've not read that, if you don't have that nourished in your spirit, there's nothing I can encourage you more as a believer than getting John 15 through 17 into your heart and soul and mind and veins and breath and nostrils and eyesight. And I, I know I'm going overboard with that. Good. I'm glad that I am. Jesus said, abide in me for without me, you can do nothing. And then he goes on to say, abide in me and abide in my word and you will bear much fruit. So it's not just about abiding in the word and having a, a scripture. I was talking with a good friend about this last night and I just kind of felt like, ugh, not me, bro. But like, you know, just the whole like, oh man, yeah, there's nothing new. And man, people look online, he said, you know, for, for messages to preach. Pastors now just don't have time. So they'll go up and cut a cut a message offline and he's like man everybody's copying and piggybacking off of someone else and and for me it's like 
I don't know that I've ever done that. And I believe with all my heart, I never will. Like, no, 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 no. I will go to the Lord and the Lord will lead me for what I'm supposed to say. But yeah, you know, the gospel is costly. The gospel is a death to self. I remember over the years, like just how many times people have told me, dude, I'm going to help you. I'm going to take you out to travel and preach. And I've never heard back from them. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen people that have been saved a year or two and open doors. And they're just traveling and preaching and ministering and getting the applause of men. And I don't think that all these people are off or missing it. Or I don't know that any of them are. That's not my place to judge, right? Is that, I mean, is that where we get into itching ears? Sometimes. But I think some of the messages are very powerful and real, yeah. you know? Um, and, and so, but like my heart would say this though, it's just like, there was a season a while ago, a while ago where I had to let that die in my heart. Cause I'm like, Lord, I'm preaching the same message. I have the same heart. I'm walking in the same sincerity and there are open doors for them and open doors for them. And I am now 14 years, 12 years into my faith and there's no open doors. And for 12 years, you told me this and so-and-so has told me this is my calling and so-and-so and, and I realized in those moments, like, and my heart is sincere. I had a friend kind of like, I wouldn't say rebuke me the other day, but really just kind of like correct me. And, but I mean, my heart was sincere, but I was focusing more on other people and what God was doing through them instead of God, I'm getting this intimacy with you that is going to pour out someday when you open the doors to the people around me. And it's not for me. It's not for me. It's for them to be benefited of you. And so if we're not careful, we will get our eyes fixed on others and we can quickly lose sight of things and it'll, it'll stumble us. My friend said to me the other day, because, um, I have something that uh, was on the internet that I stumbled across, saw it. It's an opportunity for me to, uh, go out uh, to churches. And I'm like, I don't want to do this because it, it was like super cheap, but it was actually just something where it's like they want to help people that don't have a voice. And I'm like, and I'm like, I, I called my wife and I'm like, I don't want to do this. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm waiting on the Lord. And, and so my friend called, I called my friend and we talked and he says, look, brother, he's like, you have a pure heart. He's like, I do believe you're called to the front lines of ministry to preach. He's like, but we have tools today. And he's like, what if God wants to use this as a tool and he wants you to step out into faith? He's like, I know you have a heart for Jesus and your motive is pure. He said, I've seen people who don't. He said the, the previous CEO of our company, so I won't name the company, but he said the previous CEO of our company, he was all about himself. And this is a Christian huge ministry, right? Mm-hmm. He says, this one isn't. I was like, yeah, this person's got a heart for Jesus. And he's like, so do you. He's like, so do it. He's like, let it be used by God to send you out. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and, and so the gospel is costly. The message is only going to increase in the last days. Yesterday, I was talking to this friend, and we were talking about the great tribulation, which I believe is soon to come upon the earth. And I said, this is the reason why Jesus talks in the gospels. And in Second Thessalonians 2, it says, the many will abandon the faith as the, the devil comes upon the earth. Um, in full power and force and takes over and, and sets up a, a 10 king kingdom. All the, It says many will abandon the faith. The love of many will grow cold because mm-hmm. of suffering and persecution mm-hmm. because they've never been taught a gospel that we're called to suffer mm-hmm. for Jesus. Right. Yeah, and I think of, and I can't think of the scripture reference, so you can help me with that. 
but where I believe it's Paul is talking about all these things that lead to perseverance and perseverance um, it's Paul I believe it's Philippians mm -hmm. making character I mean is that part of this like the the cost and like being just growing up I mean even in the natural Romans actually five, okay five, kids, five, five. kids have certain levels of maturity and mm -hmm. and growth that they attain and so maybe that's just part of it like mm -hmm. do we grow in this grow in the suffering yeah we do I'm trying to say this right we, we grow in the suffering if we yield mm. If we yield, see, so like, but yielding is hard because we just want things to be good. Mm -hmm. Yielding is a <laughs> surrender, though. Mm -hmm. Yielding is truly a surrender. Yeah. And, and so, like, I mean, you think about trees that grow sideways, right? They grow all weird because mm -hmm. they're behind another tree, right? Or they're behind like a certain part of a house and the sun and the way the sun hits every day. You'll see that tree will go up and it'll kind of curve off to the left or the right. Why? Because it's trying to pull over and reach towards the sun. Mm -hmm. And so it yields to what's going to nourish it. Mm. And and there's a pain and a straining in that tree reaching out. And I'm sure like we, we could put like a microphone up to it. We wouldn't get like a, the tree going. Aah! That's the sound a tree makes. But like, you know, what I mean, it wouldn't be doing that. But but yet there is a strain on the tree to yield into submission to the sun to bring it light and growth. Mm -hmm. um, and so if we're not yielding to the Lord um, through it, then we can't have the hope and the growth and this, you know, the, I mean, I actually like James better, to be honest, James talks about patience and it says, if anyone mm -hmm. lacks patience, let them ask God for wisdom and he will give without partiality. Mm -hmm. But let him believe that God will give him this. And so it's interesting because the Bible's talking about letting patience have its perfect, perfect work, work in us. Yeah. And then he's saying, if you don't have understanding for what the trial is that you're going through, ask for wisdom. Mm. We've taken that scripture and gone, man, if you're really lacking wisdom, just ask the Lord for wisdom. It doesn't mean you can't ask the Lord for wisdom. But it's saying you're going through trials and you don't understand what's going on. Ask the Lord for wisdom. But believe that he's going to give it to you. Why? Because he's a good father. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, kids going through adversity. We all, like, going through adversity. God wants us to grow. Mm -hmm. God sees what the enemy's putting upon us. And he goes, and, and sounds kind of maybe irreverent to say it this way. But the enemy goes, oh, you're going to move them to Tennessee? Oh, you're going to have a great purpose unfold on their lives? And they're going to share their story and testimony? Huh, Cool. Well, I'm going to come in and devour everything that I can of theirs. And God goes, huh, I'll take that bet. And the devil goes, what? You heard me. I'll take that bet. They love me. I've seen them grow in me. Go ahead. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> They're going to be mine more than ever. No, go ahead, devil. Go ahead. You've been so good to me for so long, devil. I love you. You're one of my favorite creations. You so pour into people with torment and it presses them into me. So many people have come to Jesus because of the enemy. I'm not concerned with the enemy not attacking my life. I'm concerned when he's not going after my life. When I wasn't saved. Don't you ever want to break though? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I do. But I've seen my growth without it. 
And I know when I wasn't saved. I know when I was in, before you knew me, babe. I was in the clubs. I know when I jumped up in the bars. What up, too tall? What up, y'all? What up, too tall? Everybody would too tall, too tall. This too tall that. I didn't have a care in the world. When I was frustrated about not having enough money, I was just like, I need more this week. And sometimes I think it would just something would happen. My mom would give me a little money. Something even like through that different things. Like I always found a way to make it work. I found a way to get what I wanted and hustle. I never was without lack. I got saved. Man, there was times of lack and plenty and I was all over the place with stuff. And man, you're a bad steward. No, I'm not a bad steward. I was in Christ now and the enemy was not okay with it. The first week I got saved, a girl, and I don't say this to like, you know, bring sadness to her. I'm just like being very clear. A girl that I had sought to try to date, be with for a long time. Never gave me the time of day. Redhead girl. Got saved a week. She calls me up the day before going back to church. They would have been my second Sunday going to church. I'm lonely. Will you please come stay with me? Absolutely not. I belong to Jesus now. I don't live that way anymore. Sorry, friend. Come on. And so when you come to Christ, man, if the enemy's not coming after you, I'd question, are you walking with Jesus? So when it comes to this like life laid down gospel yeah i'd like to hear your thoughts on okay so for example when i met you yeah i wasn't thinking in this way at all really right i was pursuing my dreams mm-hmm. and really successful yeah <laughs> uh and i met you and you just asked these questions that just really got me thinking like, yeah, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? And I'm not saying that he's not. I mean, so just to backtrack a little bit, several years ago, I realized that the flute was such an idol to me. Mm-hmm. And like this mm-hmm. concept of my career, um, like I knew I had to lay it down. And I literally uh, brought it to a, a flute dealership. There, there are things like that yeah. um, in Detroit. And had on consignment. That was very painful. Yeah. I remember um, that. Because of expensive flute. Yeah. And yep. what happened the week of, like, you going, you were like, I, I, yeah. <laughs> that was so Literally. Hard. I mean, I had, like, a month in checked, like, hey, is there any interest on this? Nope. Still there. Okay. Give it a little longer. Nope. Still there. All right. So I have a time with the Lord and I'm like, oh, I feel released from this. And I was going to ask for it back. Yep. And so I sent them another message and they're like, it just sold. (laughs) Yep. I remember that. And I was perplexed. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the money came from that, which was good for a season. I just bought a flute that would get me by. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a couple years, um, I'm teaching at an adult band camp. Again, these things exist. <laughs> yeah. At Interlochen, and uh, one of the one of my students actually was like. I'm going to buy you a flute. Mm-hmm. 
And he did. He basically bought a replacement for what I had sold. Yeah. And to this day, I'm still not playing a lot. I still don't fully understand the purpose of that. Like, I know it's a gift. Like, I laid that down and the Lord gave that back to me. And I have yet to figure out what for. Right. And I'm kind of losing my train of thought here. But I, I wasn't living a life laid down. And then I lived a life, started living a life laid, laid down. So where is, where is it for the believer who maybe just doesn't even know that that's a thing? Like, are they, are they in Christ? Are they not in Christ? I don't know. I, so like, here's, here's my whole, here's my whole take on the whole, um, he gets us, um, Jesus loves us. God's not exclusive. I believe it can go both ways in a dangerous way. Mm-hmm. I believe that we are called to preach the love of Jesus aggressively. Preach the lawlessness of Jesus never. Jesus is not lawless. Right. Um, and it doesn't mean that we're called to like the 622 blah blah whatever. But like if somebody is genuinely pursuing God. See, and you weren't even doing that, though. You were going to church on Sunday. That's mm-hmm. the problem. Like, you'll never find that in the Gospels. Seek me with all your heart. Come into your room and seek me. Pray in your room and seek me. Worship in your room and seek me. Worship in spirit and truth. And we've made it a Sunday thing to where, like, and I'm not being mean. I'm just going to be honest. Like, I, my heart was a little sad last Sunday because I was at service. And, you know, and, and it's in it's in Franklin, Tennessee. We're talking about a nice area of town where there's a lot of people probably sitting in that service that are millionaires. Mm-hmm. And um, some of them are just there during some of the most beautiful worship to heaven. Worship to Jesus. I was singing so loud last week and I, I try not to every week, but like this is some weeks I just sing and I don't care. And I, I'm not trying to bother people, but I am unashamed to be in a service. I was jogging home and as I'm jogging down the hill by the YMCA today, I'm telling y'all, I was singing the Son of Suffering, and I so imagine a six foot seven man jogging fastly down an inclined hill or a declined hill, and I'm literally, y'all cross my freedom, y'all praise King Jesus, all praise, and I'm just I'm shouting and weeping and <laughs> running out of breath, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, but there are people. In the service of church. And their arms are just crossed. And they're just standing there looking around. And my heart just grieves. Because it's like, where's your hunger? Where's your heart for Jesus? Where's your desire to know him? Like, I'm not coming there for our pastors. I'm coming there for what God has put in our pastors. That I might receive of him. I'm not sowing into my church. So I can give something to my pastors. I'm sowing into our church. Because we believe it's good soil. So I can give to the kingdom. That Jesus might receive the reward of his suffering. And it's not a tangible gift. It's something more than that. And uh, so where is the happy medium? There's not one. It's all in. And the more you love Jesus, the more he'll draw in. I'm not concerned about somebody who loves Jesus, but is really not walking with him greatly. I'm only going to just kind of tap them and, hey, 
just pursue him a little more. Just chase after Jesus just a little bit harder. He'll pull you in. Jesus is an all-consuming fire. He's not a Bic lighter. He's not going to singe your fingertip. You you step into the flame, you're going to burn. And if you don't step into the flame, you're not going to burn and get hot. And you, it means you're going to be lukewarm. And God's going to vomit you out of your mouth, out of his mouth. And you'll know. Um, you'll know. Because you'll have that opportunity for yourself to see that, man, I'm not walking with God. Like, you're flu. We've had visions and dreams. I've, I've spoken things to my wife. I know there's things that God's going to do with that. You know what came to mind, I want to say, is this. These, this man who blessed my wife with the flu also blessed us to a trip um, after our five-year anniversary to Hawaii. I was driving a hardtop convertible Mercedes-Benz. Mm-hmm. Um, we were on the island of Kauai for free, airfare for free, mm-hmm. staying in their house for, for free, free. Um, you know, climbing a mountain, all this stuff. Uh, amazing thing. Yeah. And, and after that, our conversation with them kind of like ended a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, he wasn't a believer, and Dan was um, his typical Dan self. And um, I, the thing with you, Dan, is you have a way of, like, sharing it. Yeah. And people can listen to you, like, no matter what, for the yeah. most part. Um, and so I think he heard he just couldn't. Yeah. He just couldn't. But, but now here's what I want to say with that is this, because this is what came to mind. Right? The thoughts that would come into my head or could come into my head that weren't from me and weren't from God and they just got to go. Dude, what are you doing, man? This is your bank cash cow. He took you out to Hawaii. He'll bring you out again. Shut up. He doesn't want to hear about Jesus. You're going to talk about Jesus and you'll never come out to Hawaii again. You're never getting another free trip. You're not going to get blessed with any more of his money. Let your money perish with you. I'm not out here so I can have a Hawaiian vacation. I'm out here because you need Jesus and I really love you. And if I really love you, I don't care what I might not get the benefit of again. I'm going to share Jesus. And I wasn't condemning him. And my wife was out there. I wasn't like, dude, man, you're going to go to hell. I didn't even bring that up. I don't even think. But I was just like, oh, he's so much more to me than that. Oh, man, I grew up with this religion. I shared my testimony. I think sometimes that's the biggest and best thing you can do. Do not diminish your testimony. Mm -hmm. The Bible teaches in Revelation we overcome by that. Mm -hmm. Too often we want to share scripture with people in the grocery store. I can tell you so many times I stand in a line at a grocery store. Hi, how you doing? Good, how you doing? I'm doing so good. God is good. I love Jesus. Oh, And they just kind of go, oh my gosh, it's a believer. And you know what? I don't end there. Oh man, man, I I know you're probably thinking, oh, another religious fanatic. But can I tell you, I grew up with this, this, and this. And my dad was abusive to my mom and went to church every Sunday and spoke in tongues and then pushed my mom around and stuff. And do you know in that moment how many times I've had those people that were turned off to what I was saying? You could see their walls go down and they were Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Mm-hmm. Why are they sorry all of a sudden to hear what I went through? Because they have gone through it themselves. Mm-hmm. They have been persecuted wrongfully by religious religiosity. Mm-hmm. And so in this moment, I'm meeting them in the middle and mm-hmm. saying, I've been there. And then I start to share my testimony. Re- you're representing the gospel. Representing the gospel. I talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's why actually on Instagram, I changed, you know, my thing now to everyday evangelism. But like, so then I'll go, hey, but 
Oh, I got saved. And I began to read his word and seek the Lord. And I began to find out Jesus wasn't anything like my dad made him out to be. He was such more precious and beautiful and lovely and kind and merciful. And he called me very quickly to go, Daniel, lay out all your video games, lay out all your CDs. And I had Tupac and I had Biggie. This was within the first couple of weeks of being saved. Mm -hmm. I had Tupac, I had Biggie. And, and yes, ladies, um, sorry. And men, this is addressing to you. If you're a Christian, clean it up, brother. Completely get it out. Mm -hmm. But I had Playboy magazines and I was a collector of Playboy magazines. I had a stack a bond stack and i just i put them aside i was like those are gone <laughs> like it wasn't even like lord should i get rid of my playboy like that was gone mm -hmm. um and, and then i just began to look at music and stuff and i was like yep clearly music's got to go and then i had a video game here and there where i was like this has to go because it's not just violent but this is actually violence and, and there was just like a racist element to it and stuff mm. and, and so and the Lord spoke to me he says Daniel if you have to think about anything that you have and you question for a moment even whether or not it's okay it's not okay mm. you shouldn't have to question things and go ah oh. so the gospel costs us y'all it costs us everything to follow Jesus and, and sometimes, sadly, because we have churches that are itching ears and because, you know, car dealerships are never going to post, you'll never see a car dealership go, hey, we have cars that might not work out the best for you and might fall apart. Come buy one today. It doesn't say that. Like, nobody's coming out of the dealership. And, oh, yeah, that's a used Mustang. Oh, yeah, it was really beat on. I mean, we took it into the shop and we know they, they tore that thing apart left and right. Would you like to buy it? It's like, no like oh no it's been looked over it's really nice it's really amazing all all as well it's just really good phenomenal call they're going to gloss over the best they can no matter what because they want to sell it and, and so we are not trying to sell the gospel in the mm -hmm. church we should not be selling the gospel i do love what i heard from somebody one time i won't quote them because there's other things they said i'm like oh my gosh that's horrible but one person said this one time, and it was so beautifully put and so powerful. He says, you know, we ought to put barbed wire and wrap it all around the church parking lot and the front doors of our churches for Sunday morning. He says, that way we know the people who came in might be cut up, but they want Jesus. They want to be in the fellowship. They want to gather with other believers. They want to get with God. They want to seek his face. He said, at least we would know who really is following Jesus and who really wants him. Versus the ones who stroll in on Sunday morning and go, man, yeah, I'm here. You know, so. So how would you, or how do you, present the gospel in a way that's like the beauty of Jesus and all that he is and that he's worth it? So how do you, how to present the free gift as a, but dying? Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you do that? Because I capitalize on his crucifixion first and foremost. Quite often to people, when I start getting around people and I'll share my testimony a little bit, what I've gone through, this, that, and the other, and then I go into the actual meat of the gospel, I emphasize the crucifixion of Jesus. I'm like, man, and you know... Bro, and Isaiah, girl, and Isaiah, let me tell you, like, the Bible actually quotes and prophesies in Isaiah, his visage will be marred more than any man. I was like, they beat him to a bloody pulp. They carved his flesh apart. They tore apart the Son of God. You couldn't even tell he was human. And I'll begin to choke up usually when I talk about it. And I'm like, he did that before you 
ever believed or knew he existed. And now, because of what he's done for you, take up your cross and follow him. And that's something I can look to and go, I'm willing to die for that person. We paint this Jesus of like, Jesus was in his sports coat and Ferrari hat and walked up on the cross and said, go ahead, put your Tic Tacs in me. Like, that's not the case. <laughs> that's not the case. Jesus poured out for three years, gave everything, and 90% of the people were like, shut up, go away, heretic, demon, blasphemy, mm -hmm. you're, yeah, you're a son of adultery, you're a liar, you're breaking the Sabbath, you're, you're a heretic. And that's what he got for three years straight. Mm. Father wasn't bailing him out. Father wasn't silencing his haters. Let him go through all that. And then he went to the cross. And so when I present the gospel to people, I make it very clear. I don't put in there quite often. Every once in a while, I'll talk to some people. And I'll explain to them how if you leave everything to follow Jesus, including your own desires... Jesus says you'll receive a hundredfold in this life and the life to come. He will bless you. Yeah. Okay. He will bless you. But like, I don't talk about that a lot because there is prosperity in the gospel, but sadly that can get into people's heart. And then they're like thinking prosperity, even in the mindset of Ananias and Sapphira. What I talk to people about is man, Jesus, look what he did for you. Mm -hmm. Now the gospel actually tells you to take up your cross and follow him. Mm -hmm. And all what it'll be worth on that day to see Jesus and know that you laid your life down. You suffered. I can't tell y'all the amount of people over the years. I was thinking about this last night and I was thinking about this this morning as I took communion. I took communion. Your body was broken for me, God. And I think of all the people who have betrayed me over the years. Pastors, Christian, leaders, people known. And I, and I began to just speak their names. Father, I thank you for, and I just pray for healing over their heart. And God, wherever they are, because most of these people have never even wrote, reached out to me and said, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I don't need them to either. But I was just like, God, bring healing to their heart. Bless their ministries. I was praying for our pastors this morning. God, bring what they need in to increase the measure of your glory in Nashville. And, and, and like, that's important. And so, like, when I tell people the gospel... You're taking up your cross. It's a suffering, mm -hmm. but it's so worth it. And I, I think pulling it back to where you started, he who he who um, tries to save his life will lose it. Yeah. But he who f loses his life will find it. Yeah. And I, I think it would be good if we focus on that a moment. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, we can... It's, it's easy to focus on suffering, right? Yeah. When things are going wrong, but ultimately it's about the life that it produces. So, and that, that the, you know, there is yeah. joy in the Lord. There is, there is grace for it. It's not just uh, burden upon burden and no hope. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds good. So I, I want to share this one. So last night I'm out to uh, Chewy's uh, restaurant out here. It wasn't a plug, but Chewy's, we love Mex My wife loves Mexican. Sure do. But uh, <laughs> so we were there last night. And I was actually sharing with um, a friend post COVID. I was coming out of COVID um, and I was spending time again, just aggressively seeking the Lord um, for hours on end. And, and I say that to be like, it, it's that's the drawing near to God 
that's really going to bring you closer to him. It's it's not a pursuit of like 15-minute devotional Jesus calling. Not that that's bad. Um, but I'm, I'm seeking him one morning and, um, you know, the reward of our suffering, right? And I'm coming out of the season of the people that hurt me in that season and the pain I went through. And now I'm just praying for them and loving on them. And I'm worshiping the Lord. And my friend last night, he was kind of like, he kind of gave me a look at first, like, hold on, that doesn't seem right. But I, I was like, man, I had this vision and I saw Jesus in front of me and he was in a waiter's uniform with a black little bow tie on. <laughs> and, you know, that's what he was kind of like. Mm. And I was like, hold on. And I said, man, and so a platter, he had a silver platter in his hand. And I even said it, even though I know the scripture in my mind, right? And in my heart. And I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? And he says, Daniel, I did not come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. And he lifts the platter off. And it's it's literally the Bible. But it's in the, it, it's bread. It's carved like an open Bible like this in the shape of bread. And I just saw that and I'm like, oh, and I'm just, I began to just cry. And I had this vision, right? While I'm in my bedroom. And that's after literally singing. I think that those were the mornings that I was singing for an hour or two. I was just downstairs and God said in that season, I don't want you putting on music. I don't want you focusing on artists and Christians. I want you just to sing holy, holy, holy and worship me from your heart. And so I would sit there for an hour or two and just sing holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Um, But... I told him last night, I was like, man, you can give me a thousand opportunities tomorrow to preach the gospel on the biggest stages across the world. But if you told me it would cost the opportunities in the future <laughs> to have those encounters with Jesus, I'd be like, um, hey, here you go. Mike's all yours. I'm good. I'm good. And so there is a cost to the gospel. But the encounters I've had with Jesus over the years... The way that I've been able to see the Holy Spirit, I say that very heavily, the Holy Spirit heal people, touch people, prophesy to people, and minister to people through my life. Holy Spirit, not me. I love, I was reading the book of Acts um, the other day, and I love that what Peter's like, why are you standing looking at us as if we did something? As if this is somehow uh, us. This is Jesus. Jesus did this. Jesus, you know, picked up this lame man. And so, yeah, there's a beauty to the gospel. I mean, you have grown so much in your walk with the Lord because of, you know, me sharing the gospel with you and stuff. There's so much a wealth of, of beauty and knowledge and understanding and intimacy that you now have with Jesus you never would have had, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I just want to, I think, saying in closing, right, I think... Just in closing today to y'all, like, if you've never pursued Jesus outside of a Sunday morning, if you've never felt his presence, reach out to me. Message me, email me, let's talk. I mean it. I'll take some time to carve out with you and talk with you what that looks like. I'm not going to give you a method and a program, but I'm going to tell you, what time are you getting up in the morning? Carve out an extra half an hour or an hour. It means you got to go to bed a little earlier. Do that. Make time to daily seek Jesus. Wake up daily and get with the Lord and begin to seek the Lord. Whenever you see the greatest moves of God or the greatest um, tragedies about to unfold, there were two important things that were happening. People began to call on the name of the Lord and God's heart was moved and provoked. Before the flood happened, you actually read in the book of Enoch, 
it says in the book of Enoch that people began to cry out and their voices were brought before the throne of the Lord. It's not that he didn't hear them, but the, the, the cries of the people, the anguish of the people suffering. And God sent the flood. Moses was told by God, the cries of the people have arose to me. I have heard their cry. Go bring them out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and so there's something to be said about, you know, and I was um, saying this on the live I did this morning. And I'm going to tie this into it. If you're waiting on God for a breakthrough, if you're believing God for a breakthrough, you need to take it according to the scripture. And the scripture says to take up your cross, deny yourself and become a servant to everyone, right? So if you're waiting on your breakthrough, your prayer shouldn't be, God, give me clarity how to break through. God, help me to break through. God, show me the way of the breakthrough. God, bring a breakthrough. Your prayer should be, God, who around me needs a breakthrough that I can help break through today? Mm. That's how your breakthrough is going to come. And I really want to encourage you, the secret place is where you build a lifestyle that changes your heart, where you're looking to break through for others and not yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was just thinking too of the, the verse about um, knowing him in his suffering. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Philippians, that is Philippians. Okay. And it says that Jesus, it says Jesus learned obedience through that which he suffered. And I'm like, how does the son of God learn obedience? Was he disobedient? No, it was, it was a flesh dying that helped him understand in a greater magnitude obedience through suffering to God so and he's the most glorious example it gives us something to look to mm-hmm. yep yeah because nobody knew and I, I, God spoke this to me recently nobody really knew and was told and and was said and prophesied over in the Old Testament like right like Moses went to Pharaoh and he wasn't like hey look you're gonna go to Pharaoh and man you're gonna get like accused and attacked and then I'm gonna take you out in the wilderness and for 40 years you're gonna suffer at the hands of your people they're gonna hate you they're gonna want to like all this and that and your sister's gonna turn on you he didn't warn him of that Abraham come out of your country and go into here but you're gonna be fearful and afraid and you're gonna say this is my sister not my wife many times because you're gonna be fearful and afraid and then Lot's gonna get kidnapped and he never did that really. Hey, Daniel, yeah, uh, y'all about to go into captivity and you're going to go into crazy trouble, but it's okay. And then you're going to get thrown into a lion's den, but don't worry, I'll shut the mouths of the lion. Like he never knew that. They were thrown into situations yeah. and they didn't know if God was going to deliver them, but they were like, so be it. We really don't care. We're just still going to be obedient. Jesus was the first one who came and he knew what he was coming into. Mm. He knew what he was going to go through. He knew the hour that was going to come upon him. He knew what he had signed up for, and he signed up for it. And so he was the first one who is the son of suffering to lead the way for us. Mm-hmm. And so when God shows us that we're going to go through suffering, Paul was able to receive that. And I remember coming out of New York when we were youth pastors for six weeks to pastors who were charismatic but very off, believed that you could live together, not be married, and as long as you prayed and asked Jesus into your heart, you were going to heaven. And we were like, we're out. Can't we can't we can't be under that. I just I won't I can't I can't have a deluded gospel. And we suffered at their hands for that. But the thing is this though, and I want to say this though, is that when you look at the gospel, when you look at all this stuff, right, following Jesus, all these things, there is a cost. But, oh, that we would be willing to, to receive the words. Jesus said, I have much to say to you, but your heart isn't able to hear it. 
when I came out of New York, this was in 2015, God led me to that scripture in Acts. And Paul was like, I'm going to beatings and persecutions and whippings and sufferings, but I willingly go. Holy Spirit's warned me, I'm going. And I read that. And because I was like, God, why did you send us out to New York? And he said, Daniel, I needed somebody. And this isn't me being arrogant, but I'm just saying. He said, I needed somebody who was bold enough to say something to this pastor and go, you're off. You're in error. You're teaching a half-hearted gospel. I'm warning you, brother, this is not okay. I needed somebody that was willing to do that. If I would have told you, Daniel, that you were going out there and you and your wife were going to, because we did, miscarry a baby, lose financially, have to leave some of your stuff behind because we didn't even have the big enough truck to get all of our stuff back. So we had to leave some of our stuff there on the road. And you would have to go back overnight and all this stuff by yourself with a friend. Would you have done that? And it was that moment, nine years after I was saved, where I came to a place of humility and went, man, have I really taken up my cross? Because no, I don't know that I would have signed up for that or wanted to do that. Because that's not okay. Because look what my girls are going through and my wife is going through now that we don't have a home and da 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 and this and that. And that's not okay. And in my heart, I was like, there's room for me to grow. There's room for me to take up my cross. So you know what happened after that? God moved us, right, to uh, Grand Haven. And then he moved us into a home in Wyoming. And I went on a, a long fast. And on that fast, God told us to sell our home. We sold our home and we had 10 acres of land. And then I went out to Israel. Five. I thought we had five. No, we had 10. It was 10 in Sparka. It was 10 Sparta. acres of... Yep, Sparka. Sparta. This is Sparta. We had 10 acres of land. I went out to Israel because of that, right? And mm-hmm. then after Israel, we moved to Kent City with two acres of land. And then we were called out to Tennessee. And we came out here with nearly $100,000. And we lost everything. My van was stolen. His car was vandalized. Uh, his mom died. Yep. Uh, my best friend died. Um, my dear friend Andy, his mom passed yeah, away. We have we started in an air, no, we started in a, an extended stay for three months, and then an Airbnb, and then a rental that would be demolished, and yeah. into a new rental which will also be demolished. Yeah. And yet God has has covered us, and He has led us each step of the way. You know, and I think about what it even says, like about being a daughter of Sarah. Mm-hmm. You know, who yeah. obeyed um, and became unafraid of scary things. And that's that gives me something to, like, <laughs> rise to the occasion to. Because we do encounter scary things. Yeah. But uh, to get a grit in your spirit of just knowing that, nope, no matter what, God covers us and takes care of us. Come you on. know, they, they went about on a pilgrimage from <laughs> tent to tent. Well, at least we have had... Hotel to hotel to house to house. Yeah. You know, and, um, yeah, so, so there has been a cost to it, but we have seen his faithfulness, and we've seen his faithfulness mm-hmm. in um, unexpected ways from unexpected people. Yeah. Um, we're very thankful. And we're very thankful. And so it's like, it's, it's like a, it's such a perplexing thing, but when we truly trust in him, then we have peace. It's when we start looking at ourselves and being like, I can't do it. Yep. Like I said, the other podcast, I'm not enough, yep. but he is. I can't, I literally can't do this. I can't figure this out, mm-hmm. but that's not what I need to bank on. I can't bank on my ability to figure this out. Mm-hmm. I have to bank on hearing from him and saying, yes, 
each step of the way and knowing that he has proven himself faithful again and again and again. Absolutely. And I don't know, just, and I told you about this the other day, thinking about Jesus going to Lazarus and he's groaning. Yeah, so He's good. just groaning. And I'm like, oh, I, I can't say that this is what he was thinking because it doesn't say, but I just read that and it's like, oh, he knows what he's about to do. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like a dress rehearsal. It's powerful <laughs> you know, that you said he, that. Yeah, that. I mean, he tells them to roll the stone away. Oh. He's about to and get rolled about, up into one. He's about to go into a tomb himself and this Yeah. And yeah, raise be raised from the dead. Yeah. And he's he's making it happen first and he's he tells his disciples, I'm doing this so that you will believe. Yeah. And he, he proves it with Lazarus and then he goes and does it himself. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's amazing. But I mean the the groan in his spirit, I I wonder what that looked like. Yeah. No, I do too. And so it's really interesting. Just, yeah, that's that's powerful that my wife got that. And she was like, you don't think it's just crazy? I'm like, no, that's revelation. It's amazing. I want more of those for you. And that's part of the, the beauty of the cost, right? But like to the normal eye, I mean, there's a lot of people, our friends in Michigan, whether or not they watch this podcast, I, I'm not like, eh, you know, I, we love you guys. But I've had some of my friends back home kind of heckle and go, man, just come back to Michigan. Just dude, like... Are you sure? How is God in this, right? Like Job's friends. Yeah, like yeah. how I've had people say, "Come back to Michigan, dude. Your friends are here, man. We can help support you." Like, how is God even in this, right? I'm like, man, and, and this person, and he said, "Dude, I'm a believer." I'm like, how how are you a believer, man, and not to, that we should suffer, right? Is it good just to receive good from God? So the normal person would look at our situation and go, "Well, man, you haven't been sowing right, maybe, or maybe you haven't been doing enough, or maybe you haven't been." No, because I can look back from 2015 on. However, the course of the next seven years, God increased, blessed us, grew us financially. We had a, a, a good amount. We, and this isn't to boast or brag, this isn't telling my left hand what my right hand is doing, but I'm closing with this. When we knew that God was calling us to Tennessee and he had confirmed it, we were so overjoyed. We gave away a lawnmower, mm-hmm. expensive lawnmower. We gave away a generator. We gave away this. We gave away that. We, our we, couch. Our couch. We gave away a, a nice wraparound sectional. Mm-hmm. And we're not saying that to brag. What we're saying is we just, we didn't care. We were like, oh my gosh, we're hearing from God clearly. He's calling us to Tennessee. Yep. We don't even fully care what for. We're just saying yes to you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. You call me. I want to go. And, and mm-hmm. so now we're sitting again in this place like we were in 2015 where it's like, oh, but. And I want to close with this, and I want to remind you of this. In a moment where David's families and all the families of the mighty men were pulled into captivity, mm-hmm. and they wanted to kill David because David failed. David encouraged himself in the Lord, mm-hmm. thinking, I believe, of the faithfulness of the Lord. I've I killed a giant. I've killed a bear. Mm-hmm. I've killed a lion. I've no, 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 no. We're getting our families back. And he stirred himself up in the Lord. And I want to encourage you, no matter where you are in life, if you have counted the cost, maybe, right? And you're going through a hard season. You're like, God, where are you in the midst of this? I want you to look back and tell me where the Lord's been unfaithful. And then you can question him. But if not, I want you to look back 
see where he's been faithful, be encouraged and speak life and go, God, I know you've been good. I've seen your goodness and I will see it again. So, yeah, it's the gospel. It's amazing. So until next time, we love you guys. Bless y'all. We never ask you for money. We will ask you this. If you could leave a review on whatever thing you do, comment if you want to give some feedback or whatever. Share this with your friends. We love you. We pray that God would be glorified through this and you would be blessed. In Jesus' name, God bless. Thanks for joining us.